So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. Um, Because you said something when we spoke last time that was so remarkable. And I think, like, just fucking inspiring beyond belief. You had mentioned that, and well, actually, let me start with this. I'm going to share my DSM code with the world. Perfect. Um, So I have general anxiety disorder. And... A lot of this was acculturated. I also certain it's like both nature and nurture. I can see where all of this is coming from. And it is something that I am working on. And I also feel really sorry for my therapist because sometimes I lurk on Reddit and look at AMAs. And I was like, <laughs> and I went on to an AMA. With the therapist, right, that yeah. did not disclose who they were, but they were, it, it was confirmed, like, on the back end that they were licensed and certified and et cetera, et cetera, and all of that was put there. But someone asked this therapist, like, of all of the types of patients that you see, because I started to worry about my, th- this is how bad my general anxiety disorder is. I started to worry about my therapist and, like, the emotional labor that I was putting on my therapist, and I was like, wow. And I'm not the only person that they're seeing in a day. How do they leave this at the door? Um, and someone asked this therapist in this AMA, of all of the types of people that you see, who are the most emotionally and physically draining and the hardest, essentially, to leave at the door when you leave work? And they said, it's the anxiety people. It's the anxiety cases. And I was like, oh, shit. Yep. I had anxiety about that, and it is confirmed. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, like, I went then the next time to my therapist, and I was like, so I want to apologize. Full disclosure, I went online, and I did this thing, and I read this thing, and I'd been worrying about this thing, and I received confirmation from, you know, one therapist. Obviously, there are so many. You're like, the internet told me so. That Yeah, that I am, like, the heaviest chain that you have to bear and the hardest to slough off when you leave and try to get back to your life. And I'm really sorry about that. And my therapist laughed and said, well, this only goes to serve to the point that I got your DSM code right. (laughs) Because, like... This is such a general anxiety disorder thing for someone yeah, to come that's in about, you know? They were like, wow. And they're like, I've been doing this for a really long time. I can handle it. Um, <laughs> don't worry about me. But they literally laughed in, like, in a really kind way. But I was like, of course, oh, yeah. okay, phew. But, like, it was nice <laughs> to have them just laugh and be like, no, 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 it's okay. I can leave you at the door. And I was like, oh, yeah. my goodness. 
Um, it's it's really nice when we realize sometimes how small our zone of influence is in some spheres, right? Yeah. To realize that like we don't have the power to screw everything up on a dime. Exactly. Uh, and, that, and that was another thing about, and also Otessa, that was kind of, that was a little bit, actually that was a lot of it, really self-focused to think that the world revolved around me so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My therapist, that I was like ruining my therapist day. But so all of this, I just want to say and be like full disclosure about kind of what my journey is. And I have not gotten as far as you. And I think that the journey that you've made is really inspiring because you had mentioned that your therapist gave you a diagnosis and a diagnosis that has been historically contentious and there's been confusion surrounding it. And a lot of therapists don't even like to tell patients that they have particular codes because they're worried about how they might react. And the one that your therapist described you with a lot of, if you look at psychology today and things like that, they say that, you know, oh, this is one that you're going to have forever. You're never going to work your way through it. And you, you, and you said this and your therapist said it, and I was so struck by it and so inspired by it that then I went and I did some more research that I was also, you know, I'm always like reading about this stuff for all kinds of reasons, but yes, this is true. You are the only person who has made it through this journey. Now I don't, I specifically didn't say any of the words because I want to hear from you, but I wanted to set this up as holy shit, you did it, (laughs) which means that other people can and can tell me about that. So I have like an entire notebook binder of diagnoses over the years, right? Type two bipolar, PTSD, ADHD. Uh, I don't know if you jam a bunch of letters together, chances are someone has told me that I likely have it. Mm-hmm. I finally, when I went into the mental hospital, the people in the mental hospital were kind enough to tell me that my psychiatrist of six years had diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder and had just never told me. I since after the fact circled back to that psychiatrist that I am no longer working with. And she Mm -hmm. claims that she had informed me, but no, (laughs) you know, no, she did not. I would have remembered. So yeah. Also that means that your psychiatrist gaslit you. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. She was sort of the the hell. Yeah. I had no idea how, tuned out she was from yeah she was she was a little anomaly there so I I go into the hospital I get this diagnosis I come out I have access to internet I immediately fall down an internet hole that tells me well you have borderline personality disorder which means you are almost assuredly getting divorced because people with borderline do not stay married supposedly right because it is such a tumultuous toxic illness like the best way I can describe borderline is that as a society we're all driving down this really pothole filled road life in general is just full of potholes and speed bumps and all that stuff most people can just kind of tootle along and take the potholes and the speed bumps and stride when you have borderline personality disorder you are driving without shocks Mm-hmm. So that little hole, that little pothole that someone would be like, oh, just ran over a pothole with borderline, you're going to 
bottom out in that hole something's gonna break off and roll down the road and like you're gonna be stranding there like help my car's broke and like not able to figure out why everyone else can keep driving on this same road when you just can't so that was that was a big deal for me you know they typically have awful friendships awful relationships um we kind of as a diagnosis are considered to also be narcissists because there's such an intense overlap there in those codes um and suicide is probably the biggest issue because of the intensity of feelings that people tend to feel with this illness suicide attempts and suicide successes are really common i found one woman with one book on amazon And I wish I could remember the name. I feel like I've intentionally blocked it out, but I will find it for you. Thank you. Uh, That is all about her journey healing through borderline. And in the description of the book, just on Amazon, the little freebie thing, it talks about how she had spent years and years and years in therapy, doing workbooks, doing dialectical behavioral therapy, which was like specifically designed to cure borderline. Mm -hmm. And that she had finally, finally been cured after like 10 years of doing this work. And I remember reading the description and being like, I won't be alive in 10 years. So why should I even try to get better? Like if it took her 10 years to get better, then what the heck chance do I have when like, I can't even think, yeah, like you said, I can't even think about brushing my teeth tomorrow morning. My therapist at the time uh, put me into a really intense outpatient program where I was going to therapy for five hours a day, five days a week in a group setting. Mm -hmm. And it was the worst experience. (laughs) It was awful. I like, it was just, I mean, they told us some stuff that I, that I still to this day do not agree with. And of course, being in a group with a bunch of other people who were hurting, just the stress emotionally of being in that setting was a lot. What were some of the things that you didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt Um, what were some of the things that they said that you didn't agree with? There were two specific examples that I still think about often. One of them is they teach this principle of quote unquote, building a life worth living, which I feel like is the antithesis of what you need to be telling people who are suffering through suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. We need to be telling them that their life is worth living by nature of them existing in the world. A life worth living is not this external thing that we map out on paper and achieve. And that was so damaging. Like, fuck those guys. Yeah. The second one is they gave us, (laughs) they gave us this metaphor for self-care oh dear (laughs) metaphor I say loosely right I am waiting for this one and they say okay so think about all of these things that you need to do for yourself you know eating well working out going to work blah 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 as if you're standing at the base of an escalator and you're trying to go up the escalator and the escalator is going down Every time you do one of these things, you take a step up the escalator. But when you stop doing any of them, you are pushed back to the bottom. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What are you supposed to get from that metaphor? That basically, if we are not consistent with self-care, 
then apparently none of the self-care matters, right? It's that all or nothing thinking that I feel like is the opposite of what they teach in dialectical behavioral therapy. That just gives me anxiety. Oh, it gave me so much anxiety. And I remember looking around the room at the faces and watching people just look so scared and sad that I was like, how does this therapist leading 15 of us right now not see how counterproductive that is? Because like my new motto and the thing that helps me keep existing is who Mm -hmm. I am, is that everything is a dial. And nothing is a switch. Literally Mm -hmm. nothing is a switch. So like the only way that I've been able to get better is by doing it in bites where I don't self-care every day because I can't. So, but yeah, going back to my diagnosis. So I was diagnosed with borderline and got into some intense therapy, went into weekly therapy after my outpatient and then proceeded to do like weekly or twice monthly therapy for the next five years. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about this a bit before, but therapy isn't cheap, right? No. Like that was an incredible privilege that I had that I could afford therapy, but I want to make it very clear that I couldn't actually really afford therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's one of those things where like, when I first started therapy, I, I literally was putting it on credit cards. And I know that's not an option for everybody, right? Like sometimes financial stress is the ultimate stress. Which um, is why self-care, that, then this is something that I fight with my therapist about. And then she gets me in the end. But I'm like, self-care is a privilege that not everyone can afford. Yes. Yes. Not everyone in the United States, right? We look at other yeah. healthcare models where mental health is built in to just True. the way they live. True. But here it is absolutely not. And, and we I, have commodified yeah. self-care into brands, right? Bath bombs. Bath bombs oh. mean you love yourself. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Going to therapy means you love yourself. Well, <laughs> Bath bombs also, can also mean that. But, yeah, but also there might be times. So my identity was stolen recently ugh. and it meant that I couldn't see my therapist for a while because I didn't have the money. Now my therapist was amazing. And I've actually just spoken about two different therapists throughout this conversation, so I should clarify. But she was incredibly kind, did free phone calls with me, lovely, which I felt really guilty about. Um, and she has not billed me for them, mm. which is like also incredible. But it took about two months for me to get my funds back. And then kind of like mental health, once your identity is stolen, it's like you're, this is something that you're always going to have to be checking in on. But yeah, there's, there's like, I couldn't afford the therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and let's, uh, we'll, we'll circle back to like the bath bombs and the freaking face masks, but like, I could not <laughs> afford my therapy and I still needed, and I needed to take on clients and do jobs real fast. Cause I'm self-employed yeah. and yeah. I have other people who are depending upon me who have put their well-being in my hands and it was impossible in my mind, well, it would have been irresponsible to not make sure that I could pay my bills and take care of the people who had chosen to believe in me by instead going to therapy. And that 100%. was a real like, ah, you know? Yeah. It's... But then my therapist was like, at this moment, that is self-care. Yes. Yes. That's a great point. Yes. And that made me feel better. Well, and if, I mean, if we were to circle back to something like bath bombs or whatever right I saw a meme the other day that was like whatever you need to do to get through the day 
is self-care. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to be if you can't brush your teeth today and you just need to lay there and you need to watch TNG. Yeah. Uh, this is all very specific because this has been me. Um, <laughs> and I was worried because then I go online and I'm like, oh, oh, no, I saw something on Instagram about signs that you're withdrawing. Oh, no. Right. And I was like, oh, no, I thought I was doing self-care, but I'm withdrawing. <laughs> and my therapist, you know, and I was like, is it withdrawal? Like, no, do I need to stop this or is it self-care? And fortunately, my therapist was like, in your case, that was self-care. <laughs> and I was like, okay, because I do this a lot. She's like, I know.